Summit Medical Group is the largest physician-owned multi-specialty medical group in New Jersey. Now helping you live well and stay well with SMG Radio. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. When you suffer from pain in your shoulder, it could be a rotator cuff tear. It's a common cause of pain among adults, and close to 2 million people in the United States went to their doctors because of rotator cuff problems. My guest today is Dr. Jason Garcia. He specializes in sports medicine, general orthopedics, surgical and non-surgical treatment of fractures, dislocations, and shoulder surgery at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Garcia. Tell us a little bit, give us a little bit of a working anatomy about what the rotator cuff is and what it does for the shoulder. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, Melanie. Uh, I would love to do that. So the rotator cuff, <clears throat> simply put, is a group of four muscles, uh, which uh, at the end of the muscle uh, turns into a tendon, which attaches to the upper part of the humerus bone in your shoulder. Uh, the main goal of the rotator cuff is to pull the upper end of the humerus into the, the socket uh, when you're initiating shoulder movement, and it really is an integral part of uh, shoulder movement and strength, specifically with overhead-type uh, movements like throwing uh, or any other type of overhead movements. All of the joints are meant to do certain things, but the shoulder specifically has so many movements, Dr. Garcia. How easy is it to tear one of the muscles in the rotator cuff? Well, that's the, the thing about the shoulder is that with the great mobility uh, and function that you get, you also have a higher chance of uh, getting injuries or pathology. There's two real uh, main categories of injuries. One would be a traumatic type of injury uh, like you would get if you were, say, tackled in a football game or you know, fall down the stairs. Another would be overuse type injuries uh, from repetitive uh, activities that you do over time uh, and the rotator cuff. Uh, does actually fall into both of those categories where we see, you know, one peak of injury in younger patients who are active and another in, you know, more middle-aged patients who uh, suffer from overuse rotator cuff degenerative tears. So for older people, so many of them that I see, Dr. Garcia, have some sort of rotator cuff injury or minor tear they feel it when they put a jacket on, when they roll over at night onto that shoulder. What is the first line of defense? How do you know if somebody has a rotator cuff tear? Well, it's difficult to tell uh, initially just on history and physical exam how, uh, if it's in fact a tear because sometimes just tendonitis or some partial early tearing could mimic a full tear uh, with the symptoms like you described. However, uh, with a good history and physical exam in the office, oftentimes we can tell whether it looks more like a tear or just say like a tendonitis. Also, uh, you know, if we're really suspicious that it may be a tear, further imaging studies may be necessary, like an ultrasound of the shoulder, which has uh, no radiation, as well as an MRI of the shoulder, which may give us a definitive diagnosis. Will a rotator cuff, if it's truly torn, even if it's a small tear, will it heal itself? Well, we looked at this, we look at this extensively in all of our research, and if you look at the tendon as it's attached to the bone, and as it starts to degenerate and tear, it becomes like what they call a partial tear until, fully, uh, until it fully extends into a full thickness tear. A full thickness tear is one where the tendon is actually detached from the bone completely. In these cases of full thickness tears, 
the natural history studies suggest that most of these tears do not heal on their own without surgery. Uh, some tears may go on to not hurt or become asymptomatic. However, if you do follow up MRIs, they don't tend to heal back to the bone. So what would you do first if somebody is suffering from pain in that area, in their shoulder? Are you an ice man, heat man? Do you tell them to wrap it, not move it? Or do you tell them to try physical therapy? What do you tell them to do? Well, my goal is always to get the patients better with the least least invasive approach as possible. You know, we always try a conservative approach first because, like I said, most cases will resolve or most cases are you know, a tendonitis or an overuse without a full tear. So we usually try, you know, first to remove the inciting incident, you know, whatever's aggravating it, whether it be throwing or uh, sports or weightlifting. Uh, so rest is important. I usually go with physical therapy at least for uh, a few months to try and strengthen the muscles around the scapula, to take the stress off of the rotator cuff. And, you know, at that point, if there's not, no improvement, then usually we're looking into further imaging studies to see if, in fact, this is a full thickness tear, which may need surgical intervention. People hear surgical intervention, and for knees and hips, it always doesn't tend to be as complicated, but as you said, the shoulder has so many functions. And so shoulder surgery always seems to be such a bigger deal. Tell us about rotator cuff tears and that it's not that big a deal for you to fix them. Well, so shoulder surgery has really advanced a lot over the last 10 years. Um, you know, arthroscopy, which is, you know, doing surgery through like a camera looking into a joint, first evolved really into knee, and then the shoulder was, uh, came after. So the advancements have lagged behind the knee. However, now we're much more advanced in the shoulder where we can do rotator cuff repair arthroscopically uh, with minimal incisions and minimal surgical time in the outpatient setting, uh, similar to the knee. And in these cases, we're able to, you know, repair the rotator cuff and get the patients back to what they would love to do with not much downtime. Then what is the recovery like and what is the chance that that rotator cuff might tear again, possibly in a different place? Well, the, the biggest difficulty we see in rotator cuff surgery is getting this tendon to actually heal down to the bone. Getting tendons to heal the bone is the most difficult type of healing. So the surgery is done as a same-day outpatient surgery where we repair the tendon to the bone, um, and then the patients are usually in a sling for about four to six weeks. They're allowed to come out of the sling to use their elbow, wrist, and hand to do uh, tasks with their arm at the side, but they're limited with raising their arm up overhead for the first six weeks. After that, it's progressive physical therapy and strengthening, and usually return to all activities uh, happens within six months. Um, there's many new techniques that we've developed to try and get the tendon to heal down to the bone, uh, one of them particularly being a double row rotator cuff repair in which we fix the rotator cuff at multiple points in order to increase the strength. And now we're seeing patients return even quicker and get better even quicker and with a better healing rate. However, the healing rates can <clears throat> be limited in certain patients who are at higher risk for not healing, specifically patients who are more elderly, uh, patients who smoke, or uh, other patients who may have comorbidities such as diabetes. 
Dr. Garcia, people go for cortisone injections in their shoulder all the time. How many of those can you get before you'll say to somebody, this just isn't working for you. This thing is torn and this isn't going to help you anymore. I do use cortisone in my practice. And the one way I look at it is that I give anti-inflammatory medicine right in the place that we want it without having the other systemic side effects. And it can be an effective tool at decreasing inflammation initially. However, if that inflammation returns after an injection or, you know, it doesn't work, it's a sign to me that something more serious may be going on. And in those cases, I usually jump to getting more advanced imaging studies and looking to augment the, the problem with either surgery or other methods like platelet-rich plasma uh, instead of going forward with multiple cortisone injections. I usually use them initially, but then after that, go to other methods. In just the last few minutes, Dr. Garcia, give your best advice about prevention, possible prevention of rotator cuff injuries and really what you want the listeners to know. Uh, prevention of rotator cuff injuries is really focused at keeping a good posture and keeping your scapula, which is your shoulder blade, turned into the right position. Most cases of these tears occur because we have a tipping forward of the scapula, which is the shoulder blade, which occurs from a lot of sitting, rounding of the back, you know, using a mouse or devices, and, and having just generalized weakness around the scapula. So generally, uh, I recommend patients do postural strengthening exercises and also scapular peris, uh, periscapular muscular strengthening exercises to keep their shoulders strong. And why should patients come to Summit Medical Group for their care? Well, Summit Medical Group is a multi-specialty group where we can do, quote-unquote, one-stop shopping, where you can come and see me. We can obtain the proper imaging studies. We have the technology to do the injections, surgeries, bracing, anything we need to get the patients better and back, uh, doing what they love to do as quickly as possible. And we have well-trained, specialty-trained uh, doctors who can provide that care for the patients. Thank you so much, Dr. Garcia. It's a great bit of information. You're listening to SMG Radio. For more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.